All right, so we, um, we're going to talk about uh, forgiveness uh, this morning in Matthew 18. And so uh, we are going to be in verses uh, 21 uh, through 35. So why, uh, so as you're finishing up, you're free to want you to kick this around your table. When you see a demonstration of forgiveness, why is that so powerful? Okay, so whether it's in a movie whether or not you see like one kid just kind of snatch like a Tonka truck away, runs away, and then he, he thinks better about it. He comes, you see this unfold, he gives the truck back, right? Uh, there's trumpets and fireworks. Why is when we see um, acts of forgiveness, why is that so powerful? So kick that around just a minute. All right, so why, is, why are pictures of forgiveness so powerful? What you got? Yeah. Uh, it's because often you're humbling yourself. Okay. Yeah. So when you, uh, when you forgive, right, you're humbling yourself. When you see it, right, it's, it's admirable. What else? Drew. Uh, it's rare. Yeah. Yeah, for every, uh, for every inappropriate gesture in traffic, okay, how many times do we see, hey, no, come on in. Yeah, you're, you're, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in your way. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's right, right? If it's, uh, which one? Uh, how about this back table? What is, what is so powerful about picture when we see pictures of forgiveness? Okay, it's innately undeserved. I think that's excellent. All right, how about right here? Like we have a desire to see restoration, reconciliation. That yeah. Awakens hope in us when we see that. It does. It does. All right. What you got over here? Yeah. Arn, what did you say? Yeah, it goes against our nature to want to forgive. Excellent. Um, are any of you uh, familiar with the Apostles' Creed? So I want to um, read that to you this morning. So this is uh, around the 5th century creed. This is the summation of what Christians have believed uh, throughout the years. This is uh, the lane of um, inspired belief. And it says this, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who, has, uh, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and he ascended to the dead. And on the third day he rose again. He descended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now I want you to think of all that stuff. Porter, can you get that slide? Of all of those things that we uh, that it says that we believe in, okay? I want you to look, uh, and the slide will be up here in just a second. That one of the things that one of the earliest creeds uh, states is that we believe in the forgiveness of sins. Now that's kind of kind of an interesting thing. Of all the things that we believe that we as Christians believe in this. 
And yet we just talked about, uh, so we talked about why it's so powerful. I want you to talk about well, why it's so difficult. So you see it done, okay? And that inspires us, right? It is against our nature. Uh, it is, there's lots of reasons inspiring, but why name it? And you know this, it's not like this is probably the easiest answer you've ever given. Why is it hard to forgive? So go and kick that around your table real quick. All right, why is it difficult to forgive? Jack, what you got? Yeah, people hurt you. All right, Dylan. Yeah. So it's the harder choice. Like we're faced with choices when we're, when we're sinned against and it's the harder choice. River, what you think? Okay. Yeah. That's a great picture. Yeah. Pride, I've got to fall on my sword. The thing that makes me angry, right, I've got to put that away. Okay. So I think the hardest, um, I think what all of you are saying, what I would say is what makes it so difficult. It is that it is, um, that it, forgiveness is the opposite of what I'm feeling emotionally when I'm hurt. Right. Like, think about all the feelings when somebody snubs you. Hey! They just walk right by. <laughs> they forget you. They do something malicious to you. The last, like, whatever emotions that anger, hurt, resentment, uh, humility in a bad way, right? The, that all of that is, drives strong, strong emotions. And forgiveness says, put those away. So the central tenet of the Christian faith is the idea of forgiveness, and yet probably on a daily basis, our greatest adversary is unforgiveness. Amen? So what if, uh, what if receiving forgiveness was contingent upon forgiving? What if receiving forgiveness, we love receiving forgiveness, we hate giving forgiveness, and I don't mean excusing, okay? So what is excusing, anybody? What's the difference between excusing and forgiving? Excusing says it doesn't matter. Okay, excusing says it doesn't matter. All right, anybody else want to add to that? I think that's awesome. What's the difference between excusing and forgiving? Anything else that is excusing? Yes. Yeah. Yep, I think that's excellent. Um, so excusing says what I did, I can live with for whatever reason. Eh? Okay. Forgiveness, on the other hand, says I accept you fully knowing the full extent of the harm and consequence your action caused, and I will not hold it against you. Ever. And so we're going to unpack uh, that a little bit. Don Carson... Um, a great theologian argues that unforgiveness shows ourselves incapable of receiving forgiveness. And we're going to talk about uh, that as well. But how? So how does uh, unforgiveness show ourselves incapable of receiving forgiveness? Because it shows that we haven't yet understood the mercy and compassion shown to me. When we're forgiven, so let's say our kids probably 
need to be forgiven probably 25 to 30 times a day. Um, and we get angry probably that often. Maybe, maybe a tick more on the weekends, uh, just because we're around them more. Right? So they are like sin machines. Right? They are amazing at it. Um, and when we're thinking about this idea of like forgiveness versus excusing, right? They, uh, they expect to be forgiven, don't they? You know, they'll give their little doe eyes or they'll, they'll say, I'm sorry, or they'll just like giggle and like fall on the floor, right? And just like, maybe mom will just forget that I did something I'm not supposed to do. And they expect forgiveness. Well, at the same time, how many of you expect forgiveness? Just the, the things that you do, whether you didn't mean to or not, like you expect, like, come on, just let's, let's, let's move past this, right? Regardless of how mean I was, come on, let's, let's move along, right? But this portends this idea of, right, that I don't understand how much it takes to grant mercy. Because when someone asks you to do that, how hard is it for you to muster compassion in the moment? I would say it's dang near impossible unless, right, that I really understand the compassion that has been showed to me on a regular basis. Uh, how many... How many uh, times you think you tick off God in a given day? Let's throw out some numbers. And in the back, Jameson, give me a good round number. How many? How many times do you tick off God in a given day? You think? Tick off, like make him angry or uh, displeased with you. <laughs> Five thirty-seven. Wow, that's a good, a good number. All right, Isaac, what you think? Too many. Too many. Okay, excellent. Somewhere between too many and 537. So what is his attitude towards you? He is slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. Right, we, right, struggle with this. So let's look at our passage and see what Jesus wants us uh, to see. So we're starting in verse 21. And Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall I, uh, my brother, sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, right? Do you think he smiled when he said it? Do you think he was being nice? Like, hey, seven times, right? So right before this, Jesus teaches about how to confront a brother or sister who um, has wronged you. And so this is coming on the heels of, okay, I see how to do that. But all right, so in general, but how many times should I forgive? I think each of you have your own number, depending upon the slight, right? This I can forgive that. My friend's late on a regular basis. They don't care about me. Maybe they, maybe X or Y. But like this, I let somebody do that one time and you're out, right? Like you have categories of, of uh, things and you have levels of grace that you'll give those things, don't you? Yep. Yep. We all do that, right? Where did we come up with these? <laughs> we have these, this natural inclination. And so Peter the same way, he says, he says in general, he's being really sweet. Seven times, and Jesus says, no, I'm going to say seven times 70. And so this is a little bit fewer than what Jameson named, right? This is 490. And he keeps going, for this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. And we had begun to settle them. One who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, the Lord commanded him to be sold, along with his wife and children, all that he had, and repayment to be made. So in this situation, uh, there was something, somebody had, bar uh, somebody had borrowed money, 
Um, the king, as you have bills, right? So this might have been a builder, a farmer. We're not sure who he is, but he owed a bill to the master of the king. And the king is coming in and it's like, hey, it's time to pay bills, right? So this is fairly normal. He's not just randomly doing this. And so he comes to this guy and he's like, all right, I'm, I'm here for, to collect. And the sum that he gives is, is a, an absurd amount. <laughs> okay, we won't go into that. It's not that important. Um, but, what we're, but what we're looking at is this idea of um, what would then happen. And so in that time, if someone was unable to pay their debt, uh, they would have to basically sell themselves for a certain price because there's no other means that they have to sell themselves uh, into uh, indentured servitude. And they would, that would get, give a price. And then as they worked, they would be given money, right? And so they would work off the debt in that way. But in this case, there's no way to work off the debt, right? But this is kind of the program that they had at the time. So let's continue. Verse 26. So after they decided to do that, the slave unable to pay the debt, fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him. He got low. He's bowing to the master, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. So we have the debt that can't be repaid, and he says there's nothing else to do but presume upon the, ma- the, mer- uh, the master's mercy and ask to, to, to for patience. And at this, the Lord uh, of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. So he didn't just say, hey, I'll give you more time. He didn't just say, hey, I'll give you, uh, like we might, a little kid, like if McClendon goes and folds towels at my dad's shop, how much do you think that that should be paid? Very little, right? Maybe a couple quarters. Well, he pays him like $30, you know, for like 15 minutes worth of work. And we've seen this happen. You've all kind of experienced this as little children, right? That somebody was nice to you. I'll let you do this menial task and I'll give you way more than you deserve. Okay. And so we could say, well, maybe the master could do that. He could just be nice and say, hey, I'll pay you 30 bucks an hour versus the dollar that you would normally pay. He doesn't do that, does he? And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him from his, what he was going to do, and forgave the debt. So he, didn't, so he both released him from the servitude that he was going to have to enter into and forgave the debt. That debt does not have to be paid back. Visa said, you don't have to work anymore, and that big bill that you rang up, <laughs> that's forgiven. Whoa. This should catch our attention. And so that is all the things that, as we, uh, that we have been given in Christ. Verse 28. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him 100 denarii, about $6,000. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him. See, the, see, what we, see what's happening here? Have patience with me, and I will repay the exact same thing that he asked. And, upon, and as opposed to finding mercy, he found uh, a friend unwilling. And he went unwilling, he was unwilling and went back and threw him in prison until he could pay back what was owed. And so we've got two situations. Now in this situation, he could have done exactly the same thing. He, he could have felt, right, the forgiveness. He could have remembered, we don't know how long it was, what it felt like to be released, right, and the debt repaid. 
And he didn't remember that. He didn't feel compassion. He wasn't able to forgive because he, like, like we said a minute ago, because he didn't understand the mercy and compassion shown to him, and so he couldn't give it. Verse 31, And when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. And then summoning him, his Lord said to him, All right, he's been found out. So the guy who has uh, uh, failed to uh, give mercy to his servant after receiving mercy gets called into the king's office, right, and say, what are you doing, dude? (laughs) And so I think that this is where we begin to see ourselves in the story, right, because... uh, I am anticipating that probably in the last couple of weeks, God has said, what are you doing, dude? (laughs) Right? He has, what are you doing, dude, did you? And that hurts because, number one, we are struck and pushed into what uh, what is hard about what we're feeling emotionally. Like, regardless of what's happened in the past, I've been wronged now, and I want retribution. And it's in that moment, right, that God wants us to remember in every moment that we face. It's like, so you have always been in that situation. You will be in that situation for the rest of your life. What are you going to do about it? You never should get over the mercy and compassion shown to you, and I shouldn't get over the mercy and compassion shown to me, right? And that is what God is, is, uh, Jesus is uh, speaking into. Verse 32, And summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on the fellow slave in the same way I had mercy on you? Mercy begets mercy. And 34, his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. What am I supposed to do with that? So here's one more, one more kind of kick around the table as you're in the midst of kind of wrestling with that, is what are the questions then that inevitably come up, right? There's, there's a, what's the question? If I am unmerciful and he says, I will not receive mercy, then what is the question that that inevitably, inevitably leads you to, right? Is it, oh, crap. So we're going to put up a couple of uh, quotes here. I want you to think of uh, some of these in light of what um, that kind of conundrum, right? Because if I'm if I'm so if I'm so uh, if I'm so easily ready to receive forgiveness, God is kind of making a finer point here, and He makes it in the Lord's Prayer. Right? Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And so I want you to, to kick that around about the questions and the thoughts that inevitably come up about that, about that idea. That forgiveness is contingent upon me giving it. And it's okay to ask the hard question here. So what comes up to your mind? He stumped him. Because anytime anybody asks you a question, that is a good... That is a good um, strategy is just like give a math back exactly. you're like <laughs> <laughs> all right 
All right, so um, so what what was uh, what immediately kind of came to your mind in in kind of wrestling with that idea of kind of contingent uh, forgiveness? So back table, somebody, uh, Jack's answered, Jameson's answered. All right, somebody else. Keith, have you answered? You've answered. Okay. So some, uh, somebody, somebody different. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a good question. I think our mind should go there. Um, I think um, I think Ariel had a good response uh, to this. Um, Ariel, why don't you repeat what you had said earlier? Yeah, we were talking about how um, that like poses the question that is salvation like contingent on our ability to forgive, and then um, I just said, how can we understand salvation if we don't um, understand like the forgiveness that we've been? Given? Yeah. So I feel like I feel like typically it's probably a lack of understanding, right, of what I've been given, and so probably I haven't uh, received all of God's forgiveness, right? And so that is, could be a wake-up call for us, right, to understand like what am I missing here as far as His love for me and me receiving that, right, and me owning that and me living in the freedom that Christ brings. So it's not for us to sit here and judge like oh for Jack to judge Rob and Rob's he sees Rob being unforgiving in an instant, right? But, um, and he can say, oh yeah, he, he has, he's not, he, he, he does not have the relationship that he thinks he has with Jesus. But think about all of the promises that he gives us. It does, yeah, beg the question. There, there definitely is something I'm missing because the relationship that he has with me, the forgiveness that he offers me, right, should change me and not in small ways, but profound ways, right? Enable me to do things that I never would have never in a million years done outside of that love. And so I think that that is uh, the subtle point that we don't want to miss is that walking out of this room, we want to, that we probably don't forgive, we don't understand the forgiveness that God offers in the totality that he offers it. And I would say that that, um, that, that is, uh, has been true of me in the past. I want to just look at a couple quotes here from Martin Luther, that forgiveness is God's command, full stop. Right? He commands you to forgive. That is his nature. He is forgiving. He longs to forgive you. He's just waiting for you to acknowledge that you're a sinner. He knows it. <laughs> he's just waiting for you to know it. And he's ready. He's ready to forgive. Uh, here, uh, Henry Ward Beecher, I can forgive, but I cannot forget is the, and only another way of saying I will not forgive. Anybody said that? You're thinking that is a Bible verse or something? <laughs> I forgive, but I won't forget. Maybe you're smoking a cigarette when you said it. <laughs> Forgiveness ought to be like a canceled note, torn in two, burned up, so that it can never be shown uh, against one. Dwight Moody, the famous evangelist, said, The voice of sin is loud, but the voice of forgiveness is louder. Right? It hurts when you see somebody wronged, does it not? Like, you should get fired up. And when you're wrong, you get even more fired up. But when someone brings forgiveness where we're not used to seeing it, right, that speaks louder still. And then lastly, um, 
The author C.S. Lewis says, To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. There's a story uh, in Luke 7, if you want to turn there real quick, uh, of uh, a woman. Jesus, as he often does, is eating with people. Um, This is really important. Uh, If you wonder why we eat together, Jesus tells us to. He did it, right? Doesn't matter if we got five or a hundred, right? He tells us to meet, uh, to eat together because it is a, uh, it increases the bonds of fellowship. He ate with people he didn't like. He ate with hypocrites. He ate with sinners, right? He ate with people he was supposed to enjoy and he ate with people that he wasn't. He ate with people. And in one of these many instances, if you can imagine this, if somebody we've, nobody has ever seen before comes in here, right? And we'll pick Megan out, right? Megan's the important person in the room. And this person comes in here and starts uh, like pouring this really stinky perfume on her feet, takes her shoes off, gets all of her hair out and starts cleaning, right? Her, her feet with this perfume in here. It's not any different than if somebody came and did this now. It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, what is happening? And so what can, we can be told is that uh, the woman in hearing who and what Jesus was, understood him to be the one that can forgive. Think of all the things that you do. If you were hit with the guilt and shame of all the things you've ever done in your life right this second, and you knew that there was somebody, right, that could, uh, that could, that would absolve you of all of that guilt and shame, would you not run to that person? And so in the midst of this, this is what happens. This where this this lady runs, and as she's doing it, they're like, what, what, what? (laughs) And this is what he says, because they don't get it. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. As I don't think it's necessarily even about forgiveness, it's about this idea that I understand how much I've been forgiven. Right? Can you honestly say if you look around the room that there's other people in here that have honestly sinned more than you have? Like maybe by degrees or by number, like I'm older than you, so I've sinned way more than all of you. <laughs> Just by virtue of, of living longer on the earth, way longer in many instances. But at the same time, do we see ourselves as other than, Right? Because they saw us like, who is this person? They misunderstood that, that they are like her, and they didn't see that. If I love little, give little mercy, give little compassion, I do understand the forgiveness that I have been shown. Remember he said that the kingdom of heaven is like, God's kingdom is a place of forgiveness. Right? His kingdom is a community that he leads Right? And that community is about forgiveness. What's the single biggest killer of unity in any group? Unforgiveness. Right? That's how people drift away and they quit being apart. Is because there's things between them that don't get resolved. Because someone doesn't want to say, I'm sorry and I did this thing. Will you please forgive me? And honestly, we don't want to have them say that, do we? We just want to be mad. (laughs) Because that is our habit. 
Colossians 3, 12 through 14. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, right? Talking about God's community, his kingdom where he wants to rule and does rule. Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentle, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone. For what reason? Because the Lord forgave you. And that is why you're in the, in the group to begin with. <laughs> the one thing that we are so loath to give is the one reason why we're in the community in the first place. You were in the community by virtue of being forgiven. Do you understand that? Somebody get t-shirts made and we'll start passing them out and they just say forgiven. Right, as I look at Keith, as, as a, oh, I'm forgiven. I, oh, he's forgiven too. Oh, we're the same. That we've received the same level of mercy and compassion. I can keep doing that for my brother. So here's where I want to close. So an author, uh, Zach Kennard, says this, and he's, he's speaking of, he's, he's commenting on something that C.S. Lewis said, um, and I think this is really helpful for us. Uh, and we'll close here. We must truly believe in the forgiveness of sins. Okay, remember, remember at the beginning, right, the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. Lewis says that our excuses are bred from a place where we don't really believe in God's forgiveness that he will not take us to himself again unless he is satisfied that some sort of case can be made in our favor. Don't you feel like that? Right? Even when I confess the thing, I start, it's like the only way that he can really forgive me is, is, is he knows what led to those things. And he's like, yeah, you know, Drew's, he's just a guy. You know, he's, he's going to get into stuff. Right? Like that's the only way that we really feel like a nice boss, that where we keep coming in late, Rob does good work, he keeps coming in late, this is actually real, he keeps coming in late, and he's like, you know what, the good outweighs the bad. Right, we'll let him off the hook. But Lewis says, but that would not be forgiveness at all. Real forgiveness means looking steadily at the sin, the sin that is left over without any excuse. That thing that you did that no one can say, nope, there's nothing good about that. After all allowances have been made and seeing it in all its horror, dirt, meanness, and malice, and nevertheless being wholly reconciled to the man who has done it. You understand when Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do, that they're not just like over in the side like eating some nachos? and just not caring about what's happening, like they, are, they have beat him. <laughs> they have mocked him. They have done everything in their power to make his life miserable, and it's to these people that he said, forgive them, because they have no idea what they're doing. That is our Father's heart, not dismissing nothing, but dismissing everything. That and only that is forgiveness, and that... We can always have from God if we ask for it. Uh, I want you to pull out your phones if you're not already there, and I want you to, to Google um, a picture. And there's different ways to do it. I cannot remember the lady's name, but I want you to do uh, brother forgives cop murder or something like that. It probably brother forgives cop would probably pull up the picture. Okay. 
So I don't know when this happened. It was two or three years ago. Uh, Off-duty uh, police officer came to a building that had a kind of an outside doors uh, next to a parking garage. And so typically what she did is she would park in the parking garage and then get off that's her floor and go to her room. Well, she was having a really bad day by all accounts, parked on the wrong floor and then got off and go, went to the apartment that was on the floor she parked in. And again, she's not thinking straight. She's just kind of, all, all of you do this. You kind of have a route that you go home. You don't think about it. I do this all the time. I'm riding somebody and I turn like crap. I'm, I got to go this way instead. Well, she, she gets off on her floor, opens what she thinks is her apartment. There's a guy in there. She freaks out. She's a cop. She pulls her gun out and she shoots him. Only problem was that that guy was just simply sitting in his apartment, watching TV, eating a snack. It's a terrible situation, right? She didn't mean to do it, but she's liable. Like she's, and, uh, and so the case goes to trial. She's found guilty and she's sentenced. At the victims, have people found the picture? It's of a, it's of a, uh, of a guy hugging a woman. If you haven't, pull it up. I want you to kind of see this picture. Here's the picture I want to leave with you, is that forgiveness, right, is that hug. Think of all the people, or just a few people that have wronged you in your life, people that you're struggling to forgive. And if they walked into here, you probably could be pleasant because it's been long enough, like it's been a couple of years. And you could see them and you could not like bow up. But you probably won't say hey to them. And you're dang near sure not gonna get real close to them. And you're definitely not gonna go give them a hug like that. Am I right? And so at the, at the uh, victim impact statement, his bro this is the guy's brother, um, who was a Christian. And it doesn't go into great detail about what he says, but basically he says that, I hope that you find forgiveness. I hope that you, uh, if you don't know uh, the Lord, I hope that you find the forgiveness that's offered in him. And I hope that you give all of your life to Christ. And as he said a few more things, he said, but I have one request. Can I come and give you a hug? And that's the picture. It's not like a dap, right? Like it's an eyes closed. I fully accept you and you have ruined my life. Like you're not fist bump, like we're okay. Like I want you to come all the way in. Regardless of what you have done, that you have ruined my family's life, that I forgive you. You understand like what he's saying? It's not I don't excuse it, that I see the dirt and the ugly. You're going to jail. Your life is different because of what you've done. But that doesn't mean that I don't accept you. I see what you've done and I pull you close anyway. That is Christ's attitude. That if he could have physically hugged the officers, forgive them, hey, you don't know what you're doing. Do you understand the impact that that would have on those guys? As he, they finished tearing him up and he said, come here. This is, this is what forgiveness looked like. Regardless of what you do to me, I remember it, I understand it, and I forgive you. When we talk about how hard it is, but the picture that we have, right, why it's so powerful is, 
is every so often I will pull up this picture. I don't need to read the story anymore. I just look at the picture. Look at that picture if you still have it pulled up. Do you think that that woman wants that hug? She's about to be sentenced. She's about to go to jail for years from mistakes she made. Do you think the, the person that she offended the most, do you think how much that meant to her? That the person that she sinned against said, I forgive you. And so to close, I just want you to debrief just a second, and then I'll close this in prayer. Right? That, that, is, that is the... That's the thing that we're going to be hard to give, that that is the forgiveness that God gives me. You know how hard that is, guys? Like, it's easy to, like, for someone I don't see, not thinking about, to say, I forgive you. But when I really think about the ways that I have dishonored God and the ways that I have made him displeased, the mean things that I have done, the things I can't take back, the things that have caused people irreparable harm and damage, he knows that. Right? And he says, I forgive you. And it's in knowing that, right? That's the only way that we can actually offer the forgiveness that he asks is not excuses. And so I want you to take a minute and just debrief. Like, what, what are your thoughts about that? How is the Lord speaking into your heart about what that means for you? Okay? So take a minute and then I'll close this. You should write that down to yourself. That's a good. All right. So any, uh, anyone want to share an epiphany as we close here? Um, any just kind of lasting thought, Megan? They're back and forth. No, you said it. No, you said it. <laughs> We're just what happens at the table stays at the table. Well, <laughs> we want to benefit from your wisdom. Just talk about how, like, when, like, you know, you kind of don't understand forgiveness. Yeah. You see someone that, you know, like, if you saw like, a serial killer become a Christian and you feel like that shouldn't happen. Yeah. Or, you know, that kind of shows you don't understand it because right. the whole point is that, you know, we're all the prostitutes and tax collectors. Yeah. And we all are kind of in the same position. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, what you're speaking to is the issue of Jonah. Like, Jonah knows God to be forgiven, and he goes to everything he can do to not go share the gospel with the Ninevites because God is going to forgive them if they repent. It's like, I don't want it to happen. Yeah. Maybe one more. One more thought. Jack. We thought about it a little bit, you know, uh, you know, I think that it's okay to have temporary emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but when those temporary emotions pass away at the end of the day, it comes back to forgiveness. You have to go to love that person just as you would anybody else because that's what we're going Yep. That's a great. That's a great closing thought. Let's pray. Father, I uh, 
I actually like it when you get mad uh, because when we get mad or emotional, right, those are our, our hot button issues. And, and Father, you get really angry when people are not forgiving. Oh, this, there's no way to kind of to tiptoe around your response to the unforgiving person who has received mercy. He's like, if that cannot be. If you have received mercy and have understood it even a little bit, you will, you will want to give it because you understand how that feels and then what it means. As a Father, I pray for myself and everybody in here, Lord, that you would give us the gift of understanding the mercy that we have been shown for the things in our past and, Father, for the mercy that you will show us in the ways that we uh, will fall short. And, Lord, I pray as a community, Lord, that that, that would be something uh, that we would champion. Father, that, that we can, it can be said of us just as I believe Right, that Jesus died for my sins, right? I believe in forgiveness. As a Father, we thank you for your word, Lord, that you don't um, want us to be ignorant, Father, and you want us so, so badly, Father, to know your heart and to have your heart because of how much it benefits us and others. So, Lord, we thank you just for this short time of fellowship. Uh, thank you for the food and providing it for us, and we thank you uh, for letting us spend a little time together. In Christ's name, amen. Um, there is uh, a, uh, a ladies' fellowship, a gathering.